The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code ROSS only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a monster Monday that we are recording and probably posting on a Sunday evening presented by DraftKings. We love DraftKings, love their specials going on right now for the Olympics, and love winners. Spread the word, winner. Sponsor confirmation email winner, YouTube shout out winner. We've got the easiest contest known to man. We also have some of the best guests. Speaking of winners, how about Eric Wood? Unbelievable career for the Buffalo Bills. Now he's trimmed down, looking awesome. Can't wait to talk with Eric about the Bills. What an interesting thing that he was there when they broke the playoff drought. But now, ever since he's left, they're just getting better and better. So, looking forward to talking with Eric about what he's doing now, how his career ended, and, of course, our beloved Buffalo Bills. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, we are joined by a fellow former Buffalo Bills offensive lineman, although he was way better than I was. I still remember, by the way. I don't know if you remember this, Eric. I remember meeting you. At Bill's training camp, like it might have been the day you signed, like in the lobby, you were just like sitting on a couch and I was there for Sirius XM, I think, to do maybe a training camp show. And I think we just started talking. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I had just signed. That was back when uh, all first rounders held out on training camp. I'm like, no, I'm not a holdout guy. My agent's like, no. The way it works is they're going to do it in descending order. And the 29th pick hasn't even been talking to uh, the team yet so yes you are going to be a holdout guy unfortunately and that's like everything I stood against as an O lineman like the last thing you want to be is the guy who's missing training camp so I missed a week of, tra- uh, of training camp and when I showed up I had the pleasure to be greeted by none other than yourself I remember that that's so funny so um what year was that by the way 2009 oh my gosh yeah that was so that was my second year um out and probably my first year actually going to training camps for media and not having to play which was a lot more fun all I could remember I don't know if you've done this yet because you've been out for a couple years when I go to training camp now Eric all I can think about is it is so hot I'm miserable I hate standing out here in the sun like 
How did I weigh 320 and have a helmet and shoulder pads on and be running into Sam Adams and Pat Williams and like these absolute like how did I do that? I I, I really I, I I'm I can't even stand out there at 250 pounds because of the sun. Like I I need a hat. I need like sunblock. I have like a little sweat towel with me, and I'm still miserable. I have no idea how we did that as players. Right. Well, we were losing nine to 11 pounds of practice. So we're just sweating out completely all practice long. But when you're wearing a polo to the practice, it's not as cool to be that sweaty dude. When you're sweating during practice, that's completely fine. But, but I'm with you. You know, last year I'm, I'm playing golf in Louisville in August and I'm thinking, man, I cannot believe that we used to do training camp. You know, Louisville's a different <laughs> level of heat and humidity than Buffalo and Buffalo. We practice towards the end of my career at eight in the morning. It'd be seventy degrees. There'd be guys with sleeves on because they thought it was cold. I'm still sweating out in seventy. You give me seventy. If I, I can tell when someone's house is seventy-two degrees, still, I'm like, eh. You know, generally, I'm more comfortable at seventy. But um, long story short, I, I'm with you there. You know what's funny, Eric? Um, I work out a lot of times twice a day, and I like to be drenched like if i'm working out man like i might even crank the heat up like i am i'm in it to win it right but if i'm not working out i really despise sweating like it's one of the reasons i don't golf because of my back but i really don't like golf because i don't like like sweating when i'm not working out i'm just kind of like outside trying to be social but I'm sweating. I, I don't like that. I don't know if you're the same way, but I really dislike sweating unless like I'm all in and I'm wearing clothes where I know I'm going to get drenched. Yeah, a lot of times I'll start a workout in a hoodie so that I can start sweating faster and probably probably ingrained in us from college workouts into NFL workouts. If you're not completely drenched after a workout, then you didn't work hard enough. And so I still carry that mentality with me for workouts. So for me with a round of golf, I don't mind sweating because it's okay to sweat. The problem for me is, you know, all the, all through uh, my 20s, I'm going through these outdoor weddings and I'm 310 <laughs> pounds. I'm so uncomfortable in this suit to begin with. And I got an extra 60 pounds of body weight on me. I'm completely drenched in a position where it's not appropriate to sweat. And that's when it just absolutely drives me nuts. Dude, the first wedding... I ever went to with my wife. We were just boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. It was in a church in like July and there was no air conditioning. Oh. And I was going into my second year and I had I had lost a lot of weight my first year. I went from like 308 to 288. Like I hit the rookie wall. It was just it was a big adjustment from the Ivy League. Big adjustment. Right. So the next year, I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it again. So I was going to go to training camp at like 325, okay? So I go to this wedding, and I'm telling you, man, I, I knew it, though. I knew it was going to be bad. I took an extra shirt. So I sweated through, like, my white button down, and then I put on, like, between the ceremony and the reception – I switched to a light blue button down because the other one was totally drenched. The only thing, the only saving grace there was, dude, everybody was sweating. I mean, it right. was that brutal. Everybody was sweating. 
Well, and, and not to bore your listeners with 20 minutes of us talking about sweating, because we, we could go down this rabbit hole. When I first got into broadcasting, I was doing sidelines mainly, and people would always say, why do you have a jacket on? It's so hot. And I said, I am so much more comfortable if you can't tell that I'm sweating, even if I'm hotter. Even if underneath I'm hotter with this jacket on, the fact that I know you can't tell how bad I'm sweating because I'm wearing this jacket makes me more comfortable, so get over it. I, I should have said this earlier, but you can check out Eric on social media at Ewood70. Um, you know, there's a lot I want to get to with you. Let's start with this, though. Um, you look awesome. How, how much did you Likewise. weigh when you played? How much do you weigh now? Uh, I played about 310 at my highest. I guess the highest I ever played was 316. That was my rookie year. I broke my leg in half that year and never got quite back up to that high of a weight. I played somewhere between 305 and 310. I walk around on a daily basis right around 250. If I'm not having weekend benches on the lake, it's probably somewhere in the high 240s. If I am, then it's probably closer to 260. I'm not like a I'm not like a um a slave to the scale though. You know what I mean? It's like as long as I feel like I look the part and and I look decent, I'm not going to beat myself up over a bad scale reading just because I Munch down on buffalo chicken dip and Miller Lights. Dude, you are like my brother from another mother. I start every Monday at like 255 to 257. Yep. And then by the end of the week, I'm 248 on Friday. And then the weekend happens, and I'm a big IPA guy, as people see on my social media. I'm a big food guy. We go out to eat probably Friday and Saturday night. Get on the scale Monday, it's 255 to 258, and I repeat the whole cycle over again. It's crazy. Man, man, I'll tell you what, following your social media and seeing how organized your fridge is has inspired me to have a much more organized beer fridge out in the garage. I I, want to give you 100% of the credit on that. You know what's so funny? I'm not like I'm an organized person, but I'm not like a clean freak or whatever. No matter what I'm doing, dude, if if I'm home, if I'm at the beach, if I'm at a buddy's house, I derive so much joy from a stacked fridge. And that might just be beer or it might be like water bottles, Snapples, beer. Then below you got like the White Claws. You know what? I, I don't know why, but I remember like being in high school. And my one buddy's dad had an awesome beer fridge. It was like back in the day, right? So it was like all Heineken lined up, all like uh, Stella, and then all Miller Lite. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how much money I'm going to make. I don't know what I'm going to do in life. I'm going to have a fridge that looks good. Like, like I would open that up, and it was just like, ah. yeah, <laughs> it was, it was glorious. So that's a big thing for me. All right, so. I ask every retired guy this, and I think my listeners probably get sick of it, but I don't care. How is your body? Because your your career ended with like a weird neck injury, right? Yeah, so my career ended with a a neck injury at C2, C3. There was disc and bones sitting into my spinal cord, and this came on a season where the Bills broke the longest playoff drought in all of professional sports, which was my ninth season in the league, and I just signed a contract before the season. And I was the only player on the team to play every single snap that season. 
And as you know, Ross, you could, your shoe could fall off and you miss a play. You could get hurt. You could be beating a team too bad. You could be losing too bad. And they'll take out the quarterback. Well, then here comes the center. So for me, that was an extremely rare feat for me to play every single snap that year, go to exit physicals, and that's the year they find a career-ending neck injury. So it was so wild. And at that point in my career, early in my career, I mentioned earlier, I did the Joe Theismann leg break my rookie year. I broke my other leg at one point in my career. I did ACL, uh, lateral meniscus, and PCL. I did my MCL. I don't need to run the laundry list. We've all been through it if you play long enough in the NFL. But all things considered, I feel great right now. And I think part of the reason is, and you'll appreciate this, I feel like my joints are still tested for 310. And at 250, when I run around, my joints are still like, wow, we we like this new normal. I'm assuming at some point they will get adjusted to 250 and maybe it'll start to catch up to me like, yeah, maybe a little swelling in that knee, maybe some swelling in that ankle again when you broke it. But right now I feel great. How are you feeling? Really good. I mean, it depends on the day. My back flares up sometimes, but generally really good. It is interesting, though, because I got buddies that are older, you know, mid to late 40s or early 50s, and um, stuff starts to, like, even if you feel great for your first 10 years after you're done, especially if you're active, stuff starts to pop up then because, you know, you did damage to certain areas, and so – you know, your shoulders or your knees might be that of a 55-year-old. So then 10 years later, when you're 65, the arthritis or something, but really we're only 30, you know, you're what, 32 or something, I'm 42, something like that, right? Um, That stuff starts to happen. It's funny, my career ended, this is crazy, by the way, Eric, my career ended C5, C6, Mm -hmm. um, herniated disc in my neck, and I bruised my spinal cord. I just thought I got the worst thinger ever, but I bruised my spinal cord against the Ravens on the four-man wedge, trying to make the team in Washington and keep my career going. So stupid. Um, but that was it. I remember the the, the Washington uh, neck and spine guy said, I'm like, what do you think? He's like, I think you're 28 and you went to Princeton and you should get a real job. He's like, wow. once your spinal cord – has been affected or compromised. It's just not worth it. And I, 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 I almost never do this, but if I go back into the left, I can replicate a stinger. Like I can get, if wow. I go back into the left, I can get the numbness down my left arm. So obviously I don't do that, but like, it was never like fixed. Yeah. I still haven't fixed mine yet either. And I was getting MRIs every six months post career ending because similar to you. So I bruised my spinal cord uh, the reason they knew it wasn't callousing on the spinal cord, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds. No one truly cares about all the medical diagnosis, but you'll appreciate this. And this is our conversation, so who cares? So if there's callousing on it, then that numbness, that loss of strength will stay. If it's bruising, it'll kind of come and go. And so they they assumed bruising based upon the symptoms. And they're like, look, we don't want to operate on your neck at C2, C3 if we don't have to. So let's let's take an MRI every six months. Well, it's starting to pull off the spinal cord, so it's getting better. But I'm like you. So I had never had a stinger in my life. And so when I first got a stinger, I'm like, oh, that's what my high school buddies were talking about. I thought nothing of it. You know, everybody gets stingers playing football. Like I said, my high school buddies were getting them, and they just kept yeah. playing. Nobody cared. Well, 
during my ninth year, and this is how kind of backwards the NFL could be at times, they started classifying stingers like concussions. So if you got a stinger, they put you in the concussion protocol. I get it. It's generally a shot to the head and neck area, but why the heck are you going to take me out of a football game and make me go see somebody and I'm going to miss some time? So I just didn't really tell anybody. And so finally, after a game, I said, you know, I've been getting stingers. And they're like, well, how many do you think? And I'm like, I don't know, 15 or 20. They're like, whoa, have you ever had them before? No. Well, let's take an x-ray. The x-ray didn't show a whole lot. So we thought we were all good. At the end of the season, the MRI confirmed. Uh, but I was playing Marcel Darius in the playoff game. So Marcel Darius gets traded to Jacksonville. We end up playing him in the playoff game, which is fun when one of your buddies is playing nose guard across the line from you. And the easiest block on a, as a center is blocking back on a nose guard on power. Like there's really no way to like – like he's not – if he beats you up the field, fine. If he tries to cross your face, you just kind of like keep walling him off. Generally, you can drive him because he's trying to move laterally. It like ends up working out pretty well. Well, I like – block back on him, fall to the ground, kind of scamper up on my feet. And Marcel was like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, my right arm was completely numb. As soon as I hit you, I lost control of you and got back up. And Marcel's like, doesn't seem too good. And that's how good of a player Marcel is. Like he's not the type of defensive tackle that has to play with his hair on fire. Every play he can just like control you, do what he wants with you. And it, it was kind of alarming at that point when like my, a former teammate who, who had played against me enough in practice, knew that something was up with me because of how I was playing on the field. Wow. That's a that's a crazy story. Um, you know, one of the things interesting about you, Eric, you spent your whole career with the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's special. I think it's so cool. And I want to get to that. But is there any part of you that ever – wondered what it was like other places or maybe to this day just kind of curious what it was like on other teams yeah definitely absolutely 100 percent. And, and i think that's uh that's natural too especially when you have the losing uh i don't want to say losing culture but when you're playing in an environment where you haven't sniffed the playoffs in so long in buffalo yes of course there's times you know this this isn't something i've talked about too often but after i got drafted to buffalo Bill Belichick or someone from the Patriots organization called up my agency like, you didn't tell us Buffalo was a possibility for Eric to go to. They were sitting there waiting in the wings. And um, I believe they ended up drafting Donald Brown, either a pick or two behind me. So they, you, so you, your mind naturally will wonder, like, could I have played on those Super Bowl teams? But for me, Buffalo was such a truly special place. And we've talked about this before, Ross. You know, the, the fans of Buffalo are so passionate. It makes you almost feel like a college town. It's not a huge city, so you can get together with your buddies on the team as opposed to these monster cities where you live 45 minutes from guys on the team. We could hang out on Sunday nights. We could go grab beers and watch Monday Night Football together on Mondays. Our families uh, lived close to each other. Our wives were friends. Our kids got together. So that was a truly special experience. And be able to play up there, and I know you said we'd get to it, but I'll just kind of put it out there now. To be able to play my whole career somewhere and be able to go back, be accepted the way I am, call the games on the radio now. I still have my foundation in Buffalo. It, it's a special deal. And, and home's in Louisville. That's where we spent our off seasons. That's where I played my college ball. That's where my wife's family lives. My family's from Cincinnati, an hour and a half away. So this is home for us. But we truly appreciate the times we get to go back to Buffalo now. And calling games up there brings me up there a whole bunch. So awesome, man. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of guys think the grass is greener. But I can tell you, um, you know, I played for five teams. 
And I, I know I've told you this before, but Buffalo was my favorite experience by far mm -hmm. for all the reasons you just mentioned. And I am envious of any guy that got to really establish themselves one place and be known as that guy. Now, you don't have as many helmets behind you as I do. <laughs> You're but, right. But uh, but it, it's, it's really, it really is special to play nine years, and you were there, dude, when they went to the playoffs, which is yeah. why I, I wanted to ask you, um, what are your emotions now when you see the success they're having? Is it all joy or, I mean, like, you're young enough that theoretically, like, you could still be their center. Like, you could have been their center the last three years with Josh Allen, if not for the neck injury. Is it all just joy or is there a little part of envy? Let me back up for one second, then I'll answer that. When the when the Bills came to me about a contract extension, talk about the grass is always greener. You know, I could have went to the Patriots, and a buddy of mine's father-in-law told me one time, I could invest in a pumpkin patch and they could cancel Halloween. You know, you never know what's coming when you, you say you move an organization. Belichick could retire. Brady could leave go to Tampa Bay, and then you're stuck in New England for the first team to miss the playoffs besides the year Brady got hurt in whatever, 20-some years. So that could always happen. But when I was sitting there going into the 2017 season, everyone assumed we were tanking. We had just traded away our top draft picks from the last three drafts in Sammy Watkins, Ronald Darby, and we were about to trade Marcel Darius away. So everyone assumes we're tanking. And the Bills come to me about a contract extension. And Brandon Bean had not – extended anybody yet and he said you know we want you to be the guy that establishes the culture here and you know the writing was kind of on the wall that the bills were gearing up to draft their quarterback of the future they had traded back in the previous draft they ended up drafting Tredavious White which is an incredible pick uh unfortunately the pick they gave up was the pick that Pat Mahomes got drafted in but they were gearing up they were building draft capital to draft their quarterback of the future which would be Josh Allen so to answer your question I have nothing but joy for the organization, for the people up there. Um, the way my career ended, there's no possibility of return. And, and I'm a Christian. I believe that God got me out of the NFL at just the right time because I would have played till the wheels fell off. I'd have never been able to play with my kids. I'd have never been able to play golf because I loved it. I truly did. I loved everything about it. So I would have played till the wheels fell off. So I, I believe that I was taken out of the NFL at the right time. But, man, um, being around the organization, and you know this from calling games now, the hardest thing for me wasn't during the pandemic last year watching them make the AFC championship game because I wasn't calling the games in person. I was at home. That's not the hardest part for me. The hardest part is when I'm up in Buffalo calling a game and knowing what that locker room's like, and this is where I'm sick, even after a win or a loss, I know what it feels like to go to the locker room, have gone to battle with the guys, go have a beer in the parking lot, wait for the traffic to die out. I don't know if everyone does that. That's what we would do. And, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And so for me, it's not envy. It's all joy. There's there's just a part of me that that misses it. But honestly, you know, you, you know the guys within the Bills organization now. All just unbelievable first-class people. And I want nothing but success for them. And, and they've earned it, honestly. Yeah, I uh, – it's interesting because by far – that's the team I played for that I have the greatest affinity for. That's the team I kind of root for. And I don't really care, but I want them to do well. I want them to win. And it's 
to be honest, it's not even really for the current players or even the people in the organization. It's for the fans. Like mm-hmm. I, I want it. I know how much it means to those people up there. And I, I want it for them. And like I called the Ravens divisional round game. And I was up there that Saturday night. And I'm telling I think I tweeted this. It was, I don't know, I remember how many people they were allowed to have, like 7,500 or something. What, what was it? I think it was 7,500. Yeah, yeah. That was the loudest 7,500 people in the history of the world. Right. I mean, dude, it was. And maybe it's just because I had done so many games in empty stadiums that year. But that place was, I mean, that place was loud. That place was going crazy. I think the Ravens got like false starts and stuff. Right. Because of the noise. Like, it was legit. And I was, it got me so pumped up for full stadiums and all that stuff again. Eric, I know you got a lot going media-wise. Make sure everybody knows, because I know we got a lot of Bills fans and everybody else. Make sure everybody knows where they can find you now if they want to get more of your content. Yeah, so I have a podcast called What's Next with Eric Wood. I have a ton of fun with that. We've had a bunch of Bills, current, former players, Bills, management on there. But it's a lot of conversations that will inform you, inspire you. They're uplifting conversations. I have a ton of fun with that podcast. Ross mentioned earlier, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Ewood70. I'm a lot more responsive on Instagram because you can message anybody there. And so message me, hit me up. Um and uh and, and I'm just having fun with it all, you know, kind of following your lead in 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 trying to figure out what my niche is in this media world. It's calling games on the radio. I've done the TV deal, I've done the podcasting, done some radio. It's like um to get paid to talk about sports and have fun conversations like this, like to be able to do something like this for a living is pretty special. Awesome, man. Awesome. And you get to live where you want to live uh, with your family and you're near your parents. You got, and, and Louisville's amazing. Um, I've been down there for the Derby before. It's awesome, man. You got a great thing going. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. Likewise, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome stuff there with Eric. I knew it would be, you know what else is awesome? optionality customization that's why we teamed up with Fantrax I know a lot of you want to get in to the Fantasy Feast season long league with me and Joe Dolan so we still have the best ball for August we're taking participants contestants for that take advantage of any of our sponsors Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, if you want to get in to the August best ball. But what I like for season-long leagues, customization. I don't like kickers. I don't even love having defense. I think that's a waste. I don't even know what we're going to do with the league yet. But we're going to customize it through fan tracks. You guys can as well. It's fantracks.com slash Ross. You want it? Several of you have already emailed me, Ross at RossHecker.com, and said, I want in on the season long league. Well, there's only one way to get in on the season long league. Fantracks.com slash Ross, and then send it to me. Ross at RossTucker.com. That easy. All you have to do is sign up for free today. Fantracks.com slash Ross. Fantracks, the home of fantasy sports. All right, Ross, much to discuss, starting with Colts quarterback Carson Wentz looking poised for foot surgery that's going to cause him to miss at least the start of the regular season. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought when I wrote this a few hours ago, Bri. And now a report comes out that he's going to try to just rest and rehab it and try to avoid surgery. And as I replied to Ian Rappaport's tweet, at Ross Tucker NFL, this doesn't usually go that well, Bri. I mean, and I'm surprised. I mean, here we are, you and I are talking on August 1st. I guess I'm just surprised that he's going to go ahead and try to play through this. Now, I don't know what the surgery would entail. I haven't seen enough specifics of exactly how much time he would miss. But we're still like five weeks from the start of the season. Seems to me that it would make sense to have the surgery now and then maybe come back after a few weeks into the season, depending on how long it is. It just seems like it's an uphill climb for him to be able to play through this all year. I might write about it this week in my DK Nation story. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But, you know, some guys are able to have an injury and play through it and still play at a high level. Others have an injury and can play, but they're not as good. And Wentz reportedly uh, would not be as mobile, which would obviously hurt. And then there's other guys that they try to play through it. It just doesn't work. They end up having to have the surgery anyway. Uh, this is an uphill battle for Wentz. Seems like most of the time you have to have the surgery anyway. You might be able to avoid it till after the season, but you're going to have it anyway. So we'll see. I wish him good luck. Uh, obviously, the Eagles have a draft pick riding on it, and the Colts have a whole season riding on this decision. All right, let's get to the COVID issues of the day, uh, or actually from this weekend. Franchise right guard Brandon Sheriff being the sixth member of the Washington football team to go on that COVID list. And uh, Vikings only having one healthy quarterback, that being Jake Browning, for practice on Saturday night after rookie Kellen Mond tested positive. Right, Brian, I'm telling you, uh, this has already been way worse than I thought it would be. Certainly after they got through last season and after all the vaccines came out, I did not think we'd be having this many players still put on the COVID list. Now, some of them, they test positive. Some of them, they're a close contact. There are different procedures if you're a close contact, whether you've been vaccinated or not. Uh, This is kind of a mess right now. I mean, the, the Vikings had one quarterback at practice. And here's the thing, Brian. This is something else I might write about. You know, it's one thing for a guy to have an injury. It's another thing for a guy to not be able to play two games during the season because he's an unvaccinated close contact as opposed to a vaccinated close contact. People are going to get – some of the guys are going to get mad if guys are missing games because they chose not to get vaccinated. I'm I'm very curious to see how this plays out this year. Ducks takes. Browns running back Nick Chubb, the latest member of the 2018 NFL Draft to get an extension. This time, this guy gets $20 million fully guaranteed on a three-year deal. It's going to pay him over $12 million per year. So happy for Nick. I still remember being at the U.S. Army Bowl, whatever that was, six, seven years ago. He was, Bri, one of the most physically impressive dudes I've ever seen at that game. He, he was so put together already. But he had the injury in college. He bounced back from it. He's had a terrific career so far, start to his career at least in Cleveland. Very smart before playing this season, before it gets too far, 
to get $20 million fully guaranteed and change the path and trajectory for his family for generations. You know, maybe he could have gotten more if he waited. Maybe, dude, especially at that position, you get $20 million fully guaranteed, which means the practical guarantees more than that. You have to do it. Ducks takes. One other interesting signing came from the AFC North, Ravens signing veteran pass rusher Justin Houston. Yeah, you know, well, remember the Ravens drafted uh, Adafe Owe, formerly known as Jason Owe from Penn State, but he was a little green. He's only played football for five years in his whole life. I think this is very smart by the Ravens. You know, Houston, if you're not asking him to play every snap, can still be very effective. That's number one. Number two, he can really – they don't really have another guy to really teach Owe how to harness that ridiculous physical ability – that always possesses. So like this signing for the Ravens, it wasn't a lot of money either. Very, very smart. Also smart of DraftKings to have the most ridiculous Olympics offer I've ever seen. If the U.S. gets any medal, get $100. I mean, it's ridiculous. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app and put a dollar bet on America. I'm pretty sure you'll win. I think you already won. I don't know how they do it now, now that they've already won a boatload of medals. Shout outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, and Brian, I think Steakhouse Sports is back, isn't it? Yes, they are. SteakhouseSports.com. Our guy, Chris Aronchik, SteakhouseSports.com. They are back as an I think we're done here member of Patreon.com slash rt media great to have you aboard back aboard steakhousesports.com we might actually talk to chris from steakhousesports.com on tuesday's even money podcast tuesday by the way when we'll do the college draft emory is back we got the big 10 obviously we should have andrew and greg later on this week joe dolan's back this week as we get to the tiers of dolan and make sure you guys are ready for your fantasy Drafts, we are rolling with Dolan. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 